fashion podcast i love 89 because that's the year that i was born um i just hit the bottom of the 80s babies but i made the cut (laughs) um i feel like and i've noticed that i don't actually introduce myself on the podcast so yeah you're here with Lenise collier and i'm gonna start make sure i say my name every time but the best part is that i am here with Brittany diego she is a fashion mentor she has an amazing business and we're gonna dive into her background her experiences learn a little bit about her and her business Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me Lenise. i'm excited for today yeah i feel like we have a lot in common <laughs> Yes, yeah, I agree. We have a lot to talk about. We have very like similar experiences and certain things. Hold on one second. What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, no, no, no. I can hear her. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're good on the sound check. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> yeah, we're good. So um, good. Yeah. So um, I like to start with like a little icebreaker. It's called this okay. or that. So let's start with, okay, are you a bucket hat girl or are you a beret girl? Ooh, I'd definitely say beret. I want to get into bucket hats, but I don't know if if I could rock them just yet. So it might yeah, be a beach thing. Now. It might be a beach thing. Yeah. I mean, summer's coming, so yeah. are you we'll a, see. Are you a scoop neck girl or a V-neck girl? V, definitely a V. Definitely a V-neck girl. Are you a wide leg girl or a skinny leg girl? Definitely skinny leg. Okay. <laughs> no questions. Hoops or studs? Hoops all day, every day. Side boob or under boob? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate an under boob. Me too, right? I feel like people always say side boob. I'm like, you know, sometimes you just got to go with the under boob, you know? <laughs> You gotta be daring in fashion sometimes. Yeah, it's it's more unexpected, I feel. Yes. So how did you get your start in fashion and what is your background in fashion? I know that it's super duper cliche, Bernie, and you probably get that all the time in interviews, but we gotta you know, we gotta dab in there just a tad bit. Get into the basics. Yeah, yeah, get into the basics. Um So I've pretty much known that I wanted to be in fashion my entire life. You know, that typical story of playing with dolls and everything. So that was me. And when I was 10 years old, I was a Girl Scout and I had this project to get my badge to sew. Like it was like a sewing project. And that was my first introduction into fashion. And I was just so fascinated by being able to make my own clothes and that just opened up a whole world of possibilities for me so I became obsessed with fashion and looking back it's kind of weird but I reverse engineered my future so I said okay in order for me to be a fashion designer which was my goal at the time Mm -hmm. I need to take this step and this step and this step so here I am 10 years old you know, taking the initiative to find out that there are actually fashion programs at the fa- at, um, high schools here in LA, which I'm very fortunate, you know, that we had those types of resources here. And I just went all in. So I went to the fashion high school. I majored in fashion design in college and I did a bunch of internships and work experience. And that's pretty much how I got my start is by jumping like 
all in to the industry. So question, just to back it up a tad bit, were you a Girl yeah. Scout? Because you said something about earning badges. Yes, yes. You were I a was Girl Scout. Okay, I know that was like a girl, I'm like, earning badges for sewing? When does that happen? <laughs> Where they do that at? Yeah, but that makes sense because it's Girl Scouts. <laughs> Now, that is funny. I've always wanted to do that. I never, like, tapped into that. So, Brittany, where are you from? So, originally, I'm from this very, very tiny country called Belize in Central America. Shout out to my fellow Central Americans and Caribbeans. Um, But I live in L.A. I grew up in L.A. Nice. Compton? Mm -hmm. I'm playing. Wait, what'd you say? I said Compton, but I said I'm playing. Ah, close, <laughs> South Central. South Central LA. And you know, as a kid, that's where I always wanted to live. I'm like, I'm going to move. I'm going to live in Long Beach and Baldwin Hills. And I ended up in New York. <laughs> so um, what is your... That's not bad. You said what? I said New York is not a bad place to end up it's at not. all. It's not at all. So um, <laughs> how, I know you just talked about how you got to start in fashion and what your background was in fashion. Um, but... <laughs> Where did you get, I guess, like, your inspiration, like, your support system from? Like, um, was, like, your mother or, like, your father, your grandparents? I, I hear a lot that often grandparents have a lot to do with why certain people are in fashion. Uh, Who's your support well, system? my grandparents. Um, so, yeah, my family has always been so supportive, which I'm extremely grateful for because I know a lot of people, well, not a lot, but, you know, some people, they say they want to work in fashion and their families like, you need to get a real job or be more realistic. And my family has never, ever said that to me. Like they knew that I wanted to do this because I was playing with the dolls and doing the dress up things from a young age. So speaking of grandparents, what they used to do when newspapers were a thing after the Oscars, they would take um, the page from the the red carpet section and save it for me. And I just thought that was so cute that you know they actually do that but yeah my family has always been supportive and you know especially being immigrants you know we came to this country and they never said you need to be a doctor or a lawyer they always just pushed me to do something that fulfilled me and made me happy so they're definitely my support system even to this day love that um, how did you grow your like your social media following? I feel like you have like such a huge following. Did you have any certain tactics that you did when you started out, or was there like a certain post that just like went super duper viral? Yeah, so I didn't have like any strategy or anything. I just started posting the stuff that I wish I could see from stylists. So as an aspiring stylist, I would follow these um, established stylists just to get a taste of that behind the scenes, set life and all of that, you know, just so I could visualize myself in their shoes. So now that I was in the position of being on set, doing photo shoots, working with celebrities, I wanted to basically, I guess, pay it forward and show that side of the industry because it's still a very secretive industry, but I wanted to just be transparent and authentic with my journey and show that it's not all glamour you know like sometimes I go through situations with showrooms and like and and I'm honest about all of that stuff so I just wanted to always be that person to keep it real in the industry where so many people have this persona to keep up gotcha so did you go to fashion school if so like 
did you feel like you learned anything that they teach you or was it more so just like industry experience? Yeah, so I did go to fashion school. I majored in fashion design, but (laughs) between my sophomore and junior year, I did an internship um, at this huge fashion company and I was like, this is what designers do. Like this, <laughs> this is not, this is not what I signed up for. So, <laughs> yeah. I, like, like this ain't it. I think the so. industry can definitely make our, I, I guess the industry would be the deciding, the deciding point for your career. I feel like that Absolutely. a lot of people, like they go to fashion design school, but then they end up adventuring in other areas of fashion because they don't even get into the nitty gritty in school because school doesn't really show you the real life experiences of what you're going to have. So when you go to fashion school, I feel like people are being very, very optimistic. But then unless they are doing their own thing, like the whole entrepreneur wave and really creating clothing and designing for themselves, it is completely different when you go work for a company and you're just like, oh, hell no, this is not it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this. (laughs) You you hit it spot on. That was exactly my experience, but I'm grateful for that experience because the company was so huge. They did everything in-house. So I got to see everything from the sample making to the design to styling to merchandising to all of that. So Mm -hmm. that was my first exposure to seeing a stylist. And I was like, I didn't know that it was a job to dress models and like be on photo shoots all day. Like what? Mm -hmm. So that was my first exposure. And now I'm going into my junior year. I'm supposed to make this collection for the school fashion show. And I'm just not feeling design anymore. My whole focus was how can I become a stylist? And so I started doing even more internships and like reaching out to um, freelance stylists around LA, like cold emailing them. And yeah, so that was my um, like first experience, like dipping my foot into that side of the industry. But to go back to your question, like you pretty much hit it on the nose. Fashion school didn't teach me that there was other jobs you can do in the industry it was just design or merchandising that's and those it. are your only choices so annoying. right <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many other things like you can work in wholesale retail like luxury retail like now there's like a whole you know thing about luxury reselling and or styling like there's so many yeah, jobs there's in the product industry. development there's production there's illustration like um exactly. there's so many yeah exactly. there's so many different avenues that you can be in that i feel like there's not open um but um you've created a platform where you do show those things you know where you are able to say like hey you know this is you can take your career anywhere you want to go if you yes if you just had the mindset to say I can do whatever I want to do and you take that foundation from what you learned in those fashion schools and you create your own lane which is what you did so how did you even get coined the name like the fashion mentor (laughs) you know what that is a great question um I've thought about it now that you know the company has got into a great space and I cannot remember for the life of me if I'm being honest where I came (laughs) up with that name I've been holding on to mine you know mine is the fashion fairy godmother so I got that from a client and I'm every time someone asked me my client gave it to me you know she wrote me a text message she's like you're just like my little godmother (laughs) and and I'm uh, I know that I'm younger than her but I know I was able to make her she's like you brought all the pieces together like the fair like the fairy godmother in Cinderella and I hadn't even thought about like that I'm like you know what I'm gonna keep that 
I didn't put yes. it on my website, girl. It's in my bio now. When people <laughs> write to me, I didn't put it on my one sheet. I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to stick with it. <laughs> that is what's up. <laughs> See, I love that you have a story. Like, I mm. cannot recall, but yeah, Fashion Mentor is my business, my baby, my brainchild. And I love being able to teach all the things that I wish I had learned in, in school. school. But, mm. you know, we're here now. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right about that. So, tell me, um, what are some of the skills that you feel like a stylist needs in order to like attract, like, their dream client, and to maintain that clientele. So that's what we want. We want repeat customers. Absolutely. So I think the number one thing is I feel like stylists are focused on getting that next client, getting that next client, but there's so much power in nurturing relationships, mm-hmm. right? So we don't talk about that as much. We talk about getting out there and like pounding the pavement and hustling, but you have to be there for your client and really build a relationship beyond just, okay, we're this, like as a stylist, it's so, it's such an intimate process. Like you're getting to learn this person's insecurities and how they feel about their body, if they want to hide certain things. So mm-hmm. definitely having the ability to nurture those relationships as well as knowing who you want to serve. So the thing about being a stylist, you can, there's so many options. Like you can have a niche in athletes or maybe you just want to style busy moms who don't have time to go shopping. Maybe you want to style powerful CEOs and show them how to transform their wardrobe so they don't get mistaken for the intern or the assistant. So knowing who it is that you want to serve. And once you're clear on that, then all of your marketing is going to go towards that. And it just makes it that much easier. So there won't be that overwhelm of how am I supposed to show up on Instagram? And how am I supposed to like do my website? Like it all leads back to who your ideal client is. So that's one thing you want to keep in mind as a stylist to start attracting. Yes, exactly. Because if I go to a stylist or any like, service professionals profile and it doesn't look like something that speaks to me or like they don't speak my language then I'm going to the next one so don't be afraid of quote-unquote like leaving people out or you know like any of that but you want to make sure that you're speaking to your ideal group gotcha that makes sense so um sorry so when it comes to creating like that target consumer like profile is it mm-hmm. imperative that you actually stick to it when it comes to client intake so when you do get clients that are maybe outside of like what your niche is for styling do you take those clients on anyway as a challenge or do you refer them to someone that is more suited for what their needs are that's a great question so Oftentimes, like I like to push myself as a stylist and try new things because I've found that people like to put you in a box Mm -hmm. and there's two sides to that. So there's one being known for being the go-to stylist for curvy women or the go-to stylist for executives. But on the other hand, something that I've experienced as a black stylist is because I do celebrity styling primarily People think for some reason that I could only style black people. (laughs) So, like, it is so weird and it makes no sense whatsoever. So, I made it an intention to show my diversity, not just in, you know, the races of people that I style, but like showing that I can do streetwear, I can do glam, I can do everything else in between. So, that's also important too that you get the, depending on what type of styling too. Like, I got the way that. 
Aren't that the way that these mm-hmm. cultures, other cultures dress anyway? Because they always jacking mm-hmm. our style anyway. So what's the difference? Hello. Like, I'm like, what's, really, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between <laughs> me styling someone that's black or someone that's of another ethnic background or ethnicity or whatever, if they're dressing like the black people anyway? <laughs> Hello. That's the one. That's yeah, funny. that's the one. <laughs> yeah. And it makes no sense. Mm. It makes no sense. Like once you think about it, like, do you hear yourself? Like I've even, cause one of my, one of my girls, she's like a PR person and she mm-hmm. was hooking me up with this opportunity. And the, apparently the client was like, Oh, I don't know. Like she doesn't have any like dresses on her profile, but it's like, girl, I could pull you dresses. Like that's nothing. Nothing like, at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know? I can't take it. It's just because of, you know, people are attracted to what they see by the eye, you know, opposed to thinking exactly. about, you know, above and beyond that picture. So if she's looking at your social media and she's noticing that then most of the people on your social media are black, she's instantly turned off opposed mm-hmm. to thinking about it as if, you know what, these women, whether they're black or not, have the same style sense that I want. Or they have the mm-hmm. same body types that I have, you know, and especially in the world of like uh, the changing your body to be a black a black girl's body anyway. Like, what is Ooh. the difference? <laughs> no, that's the real tea. That's the real. <laughs> that's the real right tea. There. I'm uncut on. But my they ain't podcast. ready for that combo, <laughs> right? Like, it's the same. <laughs> they ain't thing. ready for that combo. Yeah, that, yeah. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, you know what? We are gonna have to have another one, Brittany, because I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> we can, because I can tap into that really quick. I'm uncut on the black and fashion podcast. <laughs> I'm here for Very it. Very uncut. So tell me, uh, what are some of the obstacles you feel like you face like um, when you tried to branch out into other areas? Like, have you tried to branch into other areas? And do you feel like you weren't, like, um, accepted in other areas of fashion outside of, like, the styling? Like, have you tried merchandising or buying or design? And how has that worked out for you? Yeah, so I haven't. Once I found styling, like I was like, this is it. I just didn't know it had a name. I didn't know it was a whole career in itself. So mm-hmm. I never really looked back into designing or merchandising or anything. Mm-hmm. But I would say I did face obstacles um, when I started my company, Fashion Mentor, um, from other stylists, actually. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, let me sit with you real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like the industry it tends to be pretty closed off to outsiders and I remember specifically one stylist he was like oh you like you know you're giving them the keys but I don't know like let me know what you feel about this Lenise like Mm -hmm. we had it it was difficult like we had it harder when we were starting out because people are so secretive and with fashion mentor being a more transparent resource and telling stylists, Hey, this is where you get clothes. This is what studio services is like. This is, you know, like da da da. Do we really need to make it difficult for the next group of people? Like just so they can say they paid their dues. Like, yeah, no, you know, see, that was, no. I, was getting... mm-hmm. right, go ahead. I said, no. And that grinds my gears. Yeah. Because I feel like there is so many people in this world, like so many people. There's so many consumers. Why hide the information? Because you think they're going to be taking business away from you. There's nothing wrong with mentoring and helping and giving out information because it's not going to stop the flow of what you're doing. You have your clientele. You're working with your clientele. You're going to continue to attract new customers. And just by providing the information or giving the information to somebody else does not make anything change 
So I don't exactly. agree with stylists that feel like they have to withhold, or not even just stylists, in any industry across the board. If you feel like you have to withhold information to protect a post of wanting to spread, that's to me is a real boss. A real boss mm. is the boss that's able to make little millionaires and to help inspire someone else and or help someone else get to their next level and or help someone make their dreams come true. So by holding down the information, how are you helping the next person? We were put on this earth to serve, to help one another. And especially in our community, in the black community, we should be even more willing to share information and to share resources and then put it out there so that we all can thrive as a community. So to withhold information is just like oh, so unauthentic. That's, that's exactly. the only word I can think of it is unauthentic. <laughs> yeah, it's crabs in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just feel like you know, we should be making it a little bit easier. And there's this old saying that goes, you can leave the horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. So exactly. I can put every single thing that I know out there, which I think I have at this point, because Fashion Mentor, we have not only a blog, we have a whole YouTube podcast, like all of this stuff. So everything that you could possibly have a question about as an aspiring stylist, it's out there on Fashion Mentor, mm-hmm. but it's only the ones who are willing to put in the work. And it's like, I sound like a broken record saying it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to actually put in work. Like this is not for the week, but they don't believe me until they're actually in it. So you have to be willing to have that drive and then not give up at the first sign of a challenge or of defeat. You know, like we all have those moments where we're like, Oh my God, what did I put, what am I signed up for? Like, what am I putting myself through? Mm. But you have to really have a passion that goes beyond just liking clothes or liking fashion. Like it has to, you have to have a why that's much stronger than that. So personally, my why as to why I became a stylist is because I love helping make people feel confident about themselves. Like just like you see those makeover shows where they put on a beautiful red dress and they've never felt so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like they start bawling their eyes out because there is an instant self-esteem booster. So that's why it's the tears for me, me. you know, Right. It's the confidence boost. It's the just like feeling better about themselves instantly. Like what other industry can you do that for a person where you snap your fingers, you put something on real quick and then you feel like a whole new person. So that's why I love, sorry, that's why I love being yeah. a stylist myself. Yeah. That's, and that's honestly, that's why I love the business that I am as far as like helping designers create their brands because I've seen the tears too. Like, you know, for all mm-hmm. these ideas that are in their head and then like these sketches that they didn't actually know how to sketch and then we re-sketch <laughs> them and we go through the process and then they come in and they ball. When I tell you they ball, like, oh my God. And I, even to this day, and I've been making clothes for a long time, when I see things that I create actually come to life, I still have like that emotional touch. I'm like, wow, like, it was a. It started as a sketch, and now it's like a you know a a three D thing. It was from two D to three D. So yeah. I understand that seeing like that final product and you being able to be that person where it, for me it's the hug. It's not even the tears. It's the the thank you so much hug. This is like I never. I didn't know how I would do this without you, or I didn't even know that I could look like this in your in your yes. in your place like and the confidence just comes to you know open like a an amazing boost and I feel like with um you know with women just to bring this up like with women you know with the you know the makeup and the changing of the body stuff like that like the confidence in women is you know 
it can be make or break very easy. And I feel like that mm-hmm. is the reason. Also, the reason for Insecure by Issa Rae is that like our confidence as women go up and down depending on our weight depending on our hair depending on our looks and the things literally and the things that we wear too and because it's such like a you know like a I almost want to call it like a, a roller coaster of emotions and feeling confident in some days and not feeling confident other days that hug and that cry to bring you back down so like, you know what I am beautiful and I and mm-hmm. now someone else can see it and they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself it's a beautiful feeling it is. It really is. Just being able to make an impact. Like, yes. that's what it really comes down to, I believe. Yeah, I love that. Um, have yeah. you ever interned for another stylist or, like, a design firm? Um, was, did you ever have any of those experiences? Yes. So I've interned for quite a few stylists, um, well-known ones. I could tell you some things, but that'll Oof. be in my book in, in about 10 years or so. Yeah, I have a book coming out, too, and I'm telling everything. And you can like me or not like me, because I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> hey, I'm naming names. I'm naming. I'm a, I might change some names, but you're going to know who you are, honey. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. that's the one. Like, I've had some crazy experiences with... um stylists that I've interned for and that are very well known mm. and I'm just like oh my god like I make you second guess did they make you second guess and oh and that's one thing that's my fear of working with someone mm-hmm. and they making you second guess what it is that you do so how did those experiences shape you as an entrepreneur oh let me let me <laughs> it's a deep breath get my fan out. <laughs> <laughs> love it no, I just had these moments where I was like, oh my God, like, first of all, this person is having their assistants and interns do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you can do that and be successful, like, I know that I actually have a work ethic and I know how to get the job done. So why am I over here, you know, slaving and like, you know, being your unthanked, un- un- unappreciated intern when I could be doing this myself? Like, it, right. you know, like. Were they paid? I'm just, just I'm just curious. Oh. Oh no! None of no, them no. were paid internships. Um, I did one paid internship, like out of okay. all of them, mm-hmm. and it was just like I was so traumatized from the previous ones that she asked me for my Venmo on like the first day. She was like, "Hey, let me send you some gas money and some lunch, like a lunch stipend." And I was like, "Oh!" No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like, "What? No one's ever asked me that before." I just don't think it's exactly, realistic. But- like, it's not realistic for somebody to work for you for free. Like, giving up their time. Like, you don't have to give them a lot. I understand they're getting the experience. And, you know, it's almost equivalent to them, like, going to school. But it's just, like, something needs to be given. Like, I would never expect for someone to completely work for me for no cost. Even with um, accredited internships, they're already paying the freaking school for the freaking credit. So it's just, like, you really expect for someone to pay for free? Especially in L.A. and New York. Are you insane? Like, the cost like of living gas? expenses... The commute, the food, like, it just, it makes no sense to me, like, at all. It doesn't. And I had this, um, I interned for another stylist where I asked her, um, hey, like, would you be able to cover my gas or, like, park? Because, like, I'm going to these buildings in Beverly Hills, and mm-hmm. it's, like, $15 parking, which, mind you, I was, like, a college student at this point. So $15 to me is, like, $100. Right. So- That's my lunch for three days. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen dollars is five. Little- that's five McDonald's uh, number twos or number threes for like three days straight right, as a college student. Pizzas, exactly, like, and no drinks. 
Right. <laughs> no, Brittany, not no drink. But she looked at me Give me, me like, a cup of water I so I can fill it up with uh, Sprite. Right, right. <laughs> but she looked at me like I was absolutely crazy and insane mm-hmm. for having the nerve to ask to be reimbursed to my gas. So leading back to your question, that has, I, I remember all of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's led me to know what how I don't want to treat my employees as yes. an entrepreneur. So I'm always the first. And even aside from being an entrepreneur, um, when I'm doing styling, like I'm the first to say, send me your Venmo. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let me send you a little something for gas. Like, even if it's a project where there's no assistant budget, like, I'm always going to make sure that I give them a little something so they can walk away with value. Right. Um, make sure that they're actually learning because I know a lot of these internships with, you know, stylists, they're so hungry for experience. But I'm like, if you're not, you're working for someone for what, three to six months and they're still not paying you any, like, anything for gas or anything, or you're not learning yeah. at the very minimum. I like, like that's food the food and gas is the basis like transportation because it's just like i have to pay to get here whether it's a train whether it's gas in my car whether it's anything like i have to pay to get to you so yeah i i appreciate i absolutely appreciate the experience but i have to come out of my pocket and i'm not getting Mm -hmm. paid like so to me transportation and food while i'm in you know working you know it's shift or however long the shift is. And with styling, I don't think it's eight hours. I think it's like whatever mm-hmm. duty calls for. Even more the mm-hmm. reasons that you should fucking feed me. Excuse my French. <laughs> like, like, seriously? I had to, I, I opted out a couple internships for that reason. I was just like, uh, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm solid. I'll figure it out another way, another shape, way, or form. But there is not having a cabinet, especially in New York, like or in LA. In it's LA. like it's a it's a H no for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, bottom line to any aspiring stylist, like mm-hmm. make sure that you're learning, and that the only thing that you're not just learning, like where to pick up their coffee or where to pick up their clothes from, like you're actually learning how to do the job of a stylist. So, if you got you know asked to do a job by yourself you would know, you know, at least the basics of where to go pull or like how to handle a budget and receipts and like your services and things like that. You so make cra- sure that you are learning. And I ain't never asked an intern to go give me no damn coffee. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just have, I've never, I get my coffee on the way to the office. Like I'm not going to the <laughs> office. I'm not going to the <laughs> office and then saying, and so I'm like, oh, okay, can you come give me a cup of coffee? Like that's so dumb. Like I want the coffee before I get there. So I'm going to get it myself. Like this is a waste of their time. Like, I'll go exactly. get my coffee. Like, what? You didn't have your coffee before you got here? Like, I mean, I don't yeah, understand just... say that. Like, I know they have to be ready and willing to do whatever. And I'm totally down for the cause, like doing whatever. But some things, not to say it's like beneath them, but it's just like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it exactly. make and sense, I'm just, you know. I'm just using the coffee example as just like a typical, like, intern, That is a typical, that, and that's, know, but that, it's the intern stigma. The coffee thing is an intern yes. stigma. Like, they're supposed yes. to come through the door with it. And it's just like, I just don't mm-hmm. think that that's applicable, you know? Yeah. So, so exactly. You, like, I, oh, sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, interns should always be learning because we need them as much as we need, as much as they need. Like, we need the help. The extra mm-hmm. set of hands, like, because we can't be two places at once, and they need to be learning because it's like, 
you know, we got to pass on the information to yeah. the next. I feel weird saying the next generation, but it is. But also, like we need the fresh ideas. But, <laughs> but they are the next. We need the fresh ideas. The interns have the fresh yeah. ideas. They're a lot more in touch, in my opinion, to the social media stuff, and they are a lot more technology friendly, and they know everything. So it's like we need them just as much as they need us. So I just, you know, exactly. I really, I push, I really hope that you know a lot of companies and a lot of businesses see the value in having interns and as a benefit and not just an extra body to do work that you don't want to do. That's what I, that's exactly. my, hope. yeah. Um, do you have any, um, networking tips for like upcoming stylists and like how to maintain like those relationships? Yes, I do. So relationships are everything in this industry. If you, you know, couldn't tell from this conversation, it's all mm-hmm. about, you know, it's all about, it's a people industry. So my number one networking tip, I would say is to focus on giving the other person value. So whether that's a client mm-hmm. or whether that's another stylist, whether that's a designer. So don't approach people with this attitude of what can you do for me? Or you should do this for me. that's a mistake that I see a lot of people make. And I'm going to give an example of when I have interns or potential assistants reaching out to me to work for me, they'll say, Oh, like you work with so-and-so like I want to, you know, I want to get my foot like, and it's like, yes, I understand that you want to get experience, but you're, I want to make sure that you understand that your role is supposed to be support. Mm -hmm. And even if you do get in my circle, that doesn't mean you're going to have access to my celebrity clients or be on set, like on the first day, like, no, like, so know that you have to approach them by providing some type of value. So let's say, you know, that I have fashion mentor, you know, that I have a YouTube channel. You could say, Hey, like, I noticed that you did this and that you posted a new video. Like if you need someone to help you, you know, with that, like, just like find a way to make my life easier or any stylist life easier. Like it doesn't necessarily, maybe they don't have the capacity to the higher assistant at the moment, but if you can help them, they're going to think about you when they hear about different opportunities or if something comes up or if a stylist friend, they need a paid assistant or an intern or something. So just, you never know where opportunities are going to lead you um, just by helping someone out. So don't feel like, okay, like what can you do for me right now? Like change your mindset to how can I help this person? Because they'll be more inclined to help you down the line when it's a give and take relationship and not just like give, give, give on one side. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, um, how have you had any, just to like wrap up, this is like my last question. Have you had any experiences with like mentors yourself and how did that shape your mentorship style? Yes. Yes. So I was fortunate to have, after those nightmare internships I experienced, I was literally on the brink of giving up on fashion. I was just like, if this is what it is, then I don't want parts in it. So it was such like a dramatic moment. Like I remember that night so clearly I was in this stylist house packing boxes and this stylist who I had emailed months prior, she returned my email and she was like, Hey, are you still looking for, you know, like an assistant role or anything? And so I was just like, Oh my God, yes. I just get me out of here. So I started working for her. We quickly, like we got on very well and she became a mentor for me because she was the first stylist to actually take me under her wing, answer my questions without getting all weird about it. You know, like 
how some people in the industry, like, you ask, oh, like, where'd you, you know, get those shoes? And they'll act all defensive. Like, she was never like that. And she was another Black woman, too. So seeing her success, I was just like, that's possible for me, too. And it's, representation is so important. Like, I can't stress it enough. Yeah, seeing this Black woman being a stylist, working for these major TV networks, and, like, just... I don't know like to me she was so glamorous and like just the way she carried herself like everything she was a mentor in every sense of the word so I just you know she really opened the doors and showed that there are some nice people in the fashion industry and she's who really who inspired me to pay it forward and you know do the same to the next generation of stylists love that so is there any um my last segment of the podcast is called it's a muse um and it's a muse is actually brought to you by a series of black owned businesses as our sponsors make sure you guys check out chase jackson accounting for all of your business needs um for business formations and accounting as well as check out the alumni group they host the dopest brunches in la and in nyc for the black professional crowd they're founded by a friend in napoleon um the alumni group brings together this NYC's and LA's dopest people to network and twerk at the same damn time over beats and bottomless mimosas. (laughs) 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 All right, so just tell me about, um, just last thing, is there a quote, a affirmation, a mantra, um, a book or anything that you work with or have used that you would like to pass on to the next fashion stylist and or entrepreneur? Yes, my favorite quote of all time is feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I feel like, you know, some people see some of the things that I've accomplished or people I've worked with or, you know, anything that it might be. They're like, oh, my God, Brittany, like, how'd you do that? I'm scared to put myself out there. And it's like, I am, too. Like, Feel feel the fear and do it anyway. Do it anyway. anyway. You're always going to have that feeling. Yes. And just like. Think of how proud of yourself you'll be after you do that thing that's making you nervous. I love that. My mother's is a uh, fear will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another way to put it. Yeah. I was just like, okay, mom. Yeah. Potty mouth. Heard you. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I would love to like connect next time I'm in LA or if you want to do like a, you know, a webinar where like fashion styling versus like fashion design, or you want to like partner on something. I think there will be a great um, duo for us to kind of do together from both ends of it and how fashion stylists and designers really need one another. We need you guys to pull from us and put us out there. We need you guys to take a look at our designs and see it from a different like subjective and creative view outside of what we see it as too so um I really really want to push the narrative of us not being against each other and more of us partnering together stylists and designers because it's just like designers I love that call them a stylist and stylist is like no (laughs) designer where it's just like the work that we do honestly is hand in hand and we need each other Absolutely, because we need those clothes. Right. We can't do the job without and it, we so. need you because we got to make sure we're designing the right clothes. It's just like, what are people <laughs> wanting? Like, we got to see it from a different point of view, especially the person that is taking these items and putting it in places, putting it in, you know, movies and on people and on red carpets. Yes. So I really think they work hand in hand. And I just think, I mean, hand in hand, I just really think we need to work together and uh, pair and do these partnerships with stylists and designers more often. 
I agree. And thank you so much, Lenise, for having me. I had I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And your energy is everything. Oh yeah, I'm a crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I will talk to you soon. Let's definitely keep in contact. We can shoot each other email, maybe put something into play, maybe for the end of the year or something. I would love to partner. Yes. Yes, let's keep in touch. Definitely. Thank you, Brittany. You enjoy the rest of your day, okay? You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Stay black, guys, and peace out.